Yo, yo, what is up, my man? It's Athea Sam here. Welcome to Unleash the Man Within. Thank you so much for listening to this awesome interview with a new friend of mine named Jim O'Day. And Jim is on staff at an organization called Integrity Restored. You can probably guess by the name. They are another recovery organization in the space coming from a Catholic perspective. And so, uh, you know, I am a Protestant Christian, uh, but have lots of love in my heart for my Catholic brothers. And so we had a very broad spanning conversation. We talked about, you know, it's just some of the nuts and bolts of recovery. That's a given when two people like this get together and have a conversation. But I asked some hard hitting questions about, you know, why are priests behaving so poorly? Why is there so much sexual abuse in the Catholic Church? Is there a link between this and the celibate lifestyle that priests commit themselves to? You know, and we kind of got into politics of pornography, how to protect youth, you know, just a little bit of everything and also just touched on spirituality and recovery. And so uh, it's a really robust conversation. Jim was not feeling great that day. And so he's got a little bit of a cough cold. You can kind of uh, maybe tell from the sound of his voice, but he pushed through, he persevered, and honestly, it was a fantastic conversation. So I know you're going to learn a lot. And um, the one thing I'll just say, you know, obviously, there's tons of recovery content in this podcast. And you may be wondering, why why would I take time out of my day to listen to another guy just talk about recovery? But the one thing I've learned in um, just in time, when I think about my finances, I think about my fitness, my family, and certainly recovery, is everybody has something unique to offer. And even if you feel like you know everything there's to know about a subject, number one, you don't. But number two, uh, you even sometimes just hearing the same things through a different voice and a different lens shines light on the same concept in a different way. And it can really add a lot of depth to your understanding and ultimately, you know, your recovery and your lifestyle changes. And so that's my prayer today is that as you delve more into the interview that you maybe hear some, some new things for the first time and maybe hear some same things a different way and also, you know, uh, we had some we had some fun talking about the Catholic Church and, and some differences with the Protestant Church and all that kind of stuff. So, uh, lots for you to glean from this. Without further ado, let's jump in, Jim O'Day. So here's the million dollar question: How are men like us who work hard, have good motives, and a God given purpose supposed to fulfill the calling on our lives and the dreams in our hearts, all while establishing sexual integrity, thriving relationships, and a meaningful connection with God? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Sathya Sam. Welcome to Unleash the Man Within. Well, what a privilege it is to have Jim O'Day from Integrity Restored. And I was telling you before I hit record, um, somehow I hadn't heard of you guys, despite being in this space all these years. And as soon as I saw where you were up to, I was like, man, we need to get these guys on. So it's an honor to have you here, Jim. Thanks so much for being here. And vice versa, brother. Same thing. I had not heard of you. And then when I saw what you were doing, I was like, oh, my God, I am so grateful. Yeah. Uh, it's another guy out there doing the right thing, trying to help people. So thank you, Jesus. And thank you, Sathya, for having me on. Oh, that's that's really kind. Um, I would love to hear. I think you got you guys have been in this space for, you know, 10, 11 years, which is atypical of most people in this space. Most people are under five years. You know, I just, I think it's officially five years now for me that I've been in this space helping guys quit pornography. I'm wondering what you've observed has changed in this whole conversation. It's a very, you know, private and taboo conversation, but I know you and some of your, your partners and, and your team members are having these conversations often. What trends have you guys observed changing from when you first started to today? Well, 
some of the good news is more and more people are finally talking about this. Hmm. Finally. Now, it's still a very shame and guilt-ridden topic, which makes it difficult, but there are more people talking about it. Hmm. And so that gives me great hope, particularly when you think in the United States, the average age of first exposure is between eight and 10 years old. Yeah, We're raising generations of porn addicts. Yeah. And so if we're not talking about it with grandparents, with parents, with the kids themselves, they don't stand a chance. Yeah. And so I'm grateful that that's happening. Um, the second thing I'm noticing, and this is really, really exciting, is that the mental health field is finally, finally starting <laughs> to recognize that there are inherent dangers to pornography consumption. Yeah. Just like with alcohol. Not everybody who has a drink is going to be an alcoholic. Yeah. But you have to watch out for it. Yeah. And so they're finally starting to realize that. And what I think is really interesting is there's probably 70 or more uh, peer-reviewed studies out there that show the addictive nature of pornography. Yeah. And they're finally starting to get cited. People Mm. are paying attention. So we have to continue to, to pray for that and support these uh, mental health professionals that are actually looking at this and saying, wait a sec, this is dangerous. Yeah. What do you think has caused that shift? Because I've certainly observed that even in the five years I've been around, when I first started, everybody was like, oh, that's really, you know, it's a cute idea, Cynthia, like, good for you. You know, hope it doesn't crash and burn kind of thing. And now we have momentum, you know, and we got a team and the audience is growing. And it's very clear, like, I I would say it was probably about two-ish years ago, two and a half years ago where I really felt the tide turn, but I haven't really put my finger on it. I don't know if you guys have any deeper insights into why, why do you think people are more open to talking about this? Um, obviously the research I think is a huge part that you mentioned, but anything else contributing to that increase? Well, I think, yeah. I mean, I think, you know, let's just take a a little piece of it, a, a, a tiny microcosm. Let's just look at Viagra, right? Okay. Viagra was invented first as a heart medication, and it did a good job with that. But one of the byproducts they found is, hey, older men who struggle with erectile dysfunction, this helps them get function back. Hmm. Great. So Viagra's been around, I don't know, a couple decades. And up until fairly recently, if you were under 65 years old, you weren't getting a prescription from for it. Right. Now, nowadays, most of the prescriptions are certainly given to men under 40 and it's trending downwards to men in their thirties and late twenties. And the reason for that is porn induced erectile dysfunction. So I think when the medical world starts to see that there's actual physiological, biological uh, consequences, they go, Hmm, something's up. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, Here at Integrity Restored, we have what we call the three-pillared approach. Uh, The first is strong science, counseling, and therapy. That's pillar one. Pillar two is an increase in the spiritual life. We're a Catholic organization, so frequent reception of the sacraments and spiritual direction. Yes. And and then the third is community and accountability because we can't do it alone. And the fact of the matter is that is what we need to continue to grow in this battle, all three of those areas, the science, the spirituality, and the community. 
Man, that's really, really good. Okay, I feel like I have a million questions after hearing the three pillars. They're so good. But before I jump into that, tell me about the name, Integrity Restored, because that's what actually made me realize, oh, these are my people. Because I think a lot of the a lot of the players in our space are more interested in just modifying behavior. You know, you hit your 90-day streak and yeah. then they kind of dust their hands and and go away with people. And I think I think we know inherently, like, this is actually not about queen pornography. This is about, you know, restoring one's integrity and, and becoming that, that person that God has made you to be. What is, what does the language really mean when you're talking about somebody having their integrity restored? Well, for us, it's very simple. It's you want to be able at the end of your life to hear one thing from Jesus. And that's well done, my good and faithful servant. Right, And so the only way we could do that is to re- restore the integrity that God intended for us. Yeah. We are all beloved sons and daughters, all of us, even in the midst of our pornography struggle, even in the darkest places that we found on the web, God is with us and he wants us to have that integrity. And yeah. so what you want to do is get healthy. Sober is important. It's very important. It's step one of getting healthy, but sober is not healthy. And so we have to go beyond sobriety. Yeah, it's fantastic. Um, Tell me about that second pillar you mentioned. You talked about the spiritual life and being a Catholic, the integration of the sacraments into that pillar. Tell me a little bit about what that looks like and why. how do the sacraments play into somebody's recovery? Um, They are vitally important. Vitally important. Uh, first one, obviously, being the sacrament of confession or reconciliation. Even if you have to go every day or every other day, go. Jesus is waiting there for you to forgive you. Hmm. You are carrying so much shame and guilt with this struggle, with this addiction. Go. Hmm. That forgiveness can be very, very powerful in the recovery process because one of the biggest struggles we have as, as men who have struggled with this is we don't forgive ourselves. Yeah. Right. And so that forgiveness is important. The other thing is it provides accountability because I don't know about you, but I hate going confessing the same thing again and again and again. <laughs> Yeah, true. And so it does motivate me to say, okay, I need to work on that area. Hmm. And it becomes a practice, a habit. Um, I recommend to men, you got to go every two weeks, no matter what. Okay. No matter where you are in the recovery journey, you should be going every two weeks. And here's why. Let's say you're sober. You're going to think you got this beat. <laughs> yeah. Number one, we know. That's not always true. Right. But number two, God is going to make it apparent to you other areas of your life that you need to be working on. Yes. This is not the only struggle we're going to have. Yeah. Yeah. As, as men, as husbands, as fathers, as employees, as bosses, whatever. Um, there, there's a lot of areas where God wants us to improve and he'll help us do that. But we have to admit our faults first. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. What happens on the flip side? What happens if somebody 
doesn't do that, you know, cause I, I, I mean, again, I'm right with you. Scripture's super clear. Confess your sins to one another that you may be healed. Like that's as scriptural as it gets, that whole process. What are the repercussions of somebody, you know, they say, oh, I don't want to talk to someone else about it. I don't feel comfortable. I don't think I need to do it, Jim. Um, what, what happens if somebody has more of that approach? Uh, so you've talked to the people who call us every day. Cause I hear that all the time <laughs> and, and I tell him, look, God still wants to forgive you. Right. There's no question, but you're not doing it his way. Hmm. So what that tells me is you still think you can handle this on your own. Hmm. And one of the first steps of a sound recovery is admitting I'm powerless yeah. And I need somebody else's help, right? In, yeah. in AA, in NA, in any of the anonymous groups, in any of the 12 step, that's step one, admitting you're powerless. And it's the same thing here. Hmm. Now it's, it's often pride, uh, which blocks us from doing that or yeah. shame. And so that may be the area where God's telling you to work right now. Yes, we want you to recover from porn, but maybe the pride problem is even deeper. Right. Let's look yep. at that. Yeah. So um, if you are Catholic, and even if you're not, if you're a Christian, confess this to a brother, confess it to your pastor, uh, to a mentor. You got to speak to somebody. If we keep it in the dark, the devil wins. Yeah. He can't operate in the light. Yeah. Yeah, that's so good. And I, I think to me, like, even when I f- reflect on my own journey, that was the turning point for me when I did start to actually open up, talk to people. Like there was something really liberating about it. Yep. Um, and I think as well, like I like that this is a three-pillared process. So we also know that somebody can't just show up to confession every day, you know, get everything off their chest and then dust their hands off and say, well, you know what? Jim said this was the main pillar and I got it done and I should be good to go. Uh, I like that you have the science part on the front end um, and gain that professional help and that expertise. We're really big on that here as well. And my goodness, we've just seen so many guys falter or fall short because they tried to piecemeal something together on their own or, you know, they stuck to something for a bit, but they weren't determined enough in those difficult moments to, to stay through. Um, right. but then I know I like the other part of it as well. You mentioned the accountability. What does that word mean to you? Um, and what does it look like practically? So practically to me, that accountability means uh, you have somebody that you can check in with regularly. If you're using a um, a software like Covenant Eyes or um, the Relay app or great, whatever, that's awesome. It's not necessary particularly, but it's it helps. Um, but you need somebody that you're accountable to. And I tell husbands all the time, it's not your wife. That's not her job. She should not be your cop. It should, <laughs> it should, it should be another man that yeah. you're talking to. And women yeah, who are struggling with pornography, it should be another woman. It shouldn't be a guy. Yeah. Um, and so that's really important because we can't do this alone. And, and actually God never intended it. I think about this one scripture verse, uh, when, when Jesus is sending out the disciples, he sends them out two by two. He could have covered a lot more ground if he sent them out all individually, right? Geographically, they could have hit a lot more places. But he was God. He knew we need each other. Yeah. And so it's so important uh, to have that accountability. And, you know, here's the thing with accountability partner. 
that I found in my own work here. Often when I'm an accountability partner for somebody, um, they actually are helping me. Mm. It's not the other way around. Yeah. Yeah. And you're going to find that guys. So if somebody says to you, Hey, will you walk this journey with me? Say yes. Cause yeah. God's going to do something amazing. Maybe yeah. you're good with porn. Maybe you haven't struggled for years and you, you've got that under control. Believe me, there's another area of your life where God's got incredible things planned. Yeah, it's so true. So true. Really, really well said. I know that you guys are really passionate about kind of the, um, spiritual leader demographic, clergy, like priests, deacons, that sort of thing. Um, and I know you're even working on, on something right now to, uh, target those, those people who, you know, are in that spiritual leadership role. Yes. Before we get maybe too far in that direction, why is it that, that you think there's even a need for this? Because, um, we know like there's a, there's a stat out there circulating that 93% of local churches don't have something to help people in this area. We know that if you went to, you know, all the churches in North America on a Sunday morning, probably less than 1% of them are even using the language around pornography, yeah. let alone talking about some of the uh, accessory subjects like healthy sexuality and whatever else. Um, why do you think this is such a hidden subject, even in the church? So I think it, it, it goes back to a few things. Uh, number one is shame and guilt, right? Um, that's always a struggle when you're talking about human sexuality for Christians. Doesn't matter, yeah. Catholic, evangelical. Um, it, human sexuality is a difficult topic because there's a lot of shame and guilt, uh, which is foolish because, well, let me tell you a story. Back when I first came back to the church, I was on fire. And as a good Catholic, everywhere in my house is religious icons, crucifixes, statues of holy men and women saints, everywhere except the bedroom. Oh, no, mm. no, no. You're not invited there, Lord. That's weird, right? <laughs> I'm going a spiritual direction years and years ago. Old Irish priest used to call me Jimmy. And he says to me, Jimmy, you're a bloody idiot. I said, Father, what are you talking about? He goes, I've been to your house. You've got religious imagery everywhere except your bedroom. Who do you think invented sex? <laughs> and I was like, well, God. He said, exactly. He wants to be part of that with you too. Wow. That experience is for him as well. Huh. And so one of the things I tell couples all the time is before you're intimate with your spouse, pray for each other. And it's a simple thing. Lord, help me touch her how she needs to be touched. Hmm. Help me love her how she needs to be loved. That's it. Hmm. It's incredible when you do that. That's really cool. So I think that's part of the problem. And then the other thing is, uh, Cynthia, honestly, these guys are not taught about this in seminary. Right. Yeah. This is not an area that is focused on. Um, the, in the Catholic Church, uh, for example, one of my opinions is because of the scandals, because of all the mistakes that were made, um, there's a real fear of talking about anything sexual, Yeah, um, which is completely foolish because it, God made us that way right? Yeah. He made us as sexual creatures. 
And it doesn't matter what your state in life is. Just because you got ordained and put on a, a Roman collar does not mean your body is dead from the waist down. <laughs> you are still a sexual creature. You're just living your sexuality in a very specific way, celibacy. Right. Right. Which is a beautiful way. But God doesn't take that away. We deal with so many people here um, who want this to be never talked about, and they should just be able to say three Hail Marys or 10-Hour Fathers, and the problem goes away. Yeah, it doesn't work yeah. like that. Yeah. So we need to train our priests. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. And I, uh, you know, I was a local church pastor myself, uh, you know, not, not a, a priest per se, but really do have a heart for spiritual leaders and, and the local church and, and want to see that area grow and evolve. I do want to ask a, a Catholic specific question though, which is, um, uh, like you mentioned, like the Catholic church has been a little bit infamous for, uh, for the scandals and priests that were, you know, uh, abusing their power and that sort of thing. Yep. Do you think there's any correlation with, um, the maybe not, I wouldn't say the pressure to live celibate, but maybe, maybe some of the mindsets that come with celibacy, because I could just imagine, and I'm, I've seen this in my own clients where they maybe do like a 90 fast in their marriage from all everything sexual. And mm -hmm. there's value for that. You know, I'm not against that at all. Um, it, it should be done in its right place. But sometimes the, the mindsets that come with abstinence and celibacy are actually so radical that it's actually very suppressive. It's not, it's not creating anything that's actually celebrated. And I've, I guess I, I, I'm just wondering, do you think that if a priest does have poor mindsets around celibacy or resentment around it, do you think they're more likely to maybe engage in some of that riskier behavior? Do you think there's any correlation there or, um, or, or do you think it's something totally separate altogether? Uh, no, I think you hit the nail on the head and it's all about, uh, the mindset regarding celibacy. You see, celibacy can be a great gift and celibacy is not. Um, a, a new practice. If we oh. think of the Taoist monks 10,000 years ago, these are guys that can walk on fire. These are guys that can uh, break swords with their bare hands. They have trained their mind and their body to be so powerful. They tell their monks, if you masturbate, if you lust, you are losing your essence. You are losing your power. So they look at that celibacy as a strength. Right. And I think part of our difficulty, and again, not bashing seminaries, but I think if seminaries were talking, they're doing much better now, honestly, talking about the human sexuality and individual sexuality uh, to the candidates. But for decades, it wasn't even discussed. And so these guys didn't know the power of celibacy. Yeah. If, if you talk to a man and you probably do with your, your clients as well, when my guys have been free of porn and masturbation for 30 days, they have more power. Oh yeah. They have more strength. They have more dedication. They have more commitment. Now imagine a lifetime of that. If you're called to be a celibate man. Yeah. You should be the most powerful guy walking the face of the earth. <laughs> yeah, great point. That's a really good point. And it, it does, it reminds me of, you know, the Apostle Paul's words who, who, where he basically is almost saying, you know, I'd, I'd actually prefer you stay single, but if you have to, 
get married, right? Because there is such a strength um, in that. And, you know, I was fortunate enough to quit pornography before I got married. And Thanks I have be to, to God say, for that. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Big time, big time. And I have to say those, those, I guess it was really only nine months before I met Shaloma, but really it was a couple years before we were married and sexually active. I was really productive in those years, you know, very focused, very determined. Like there is something to that. But I asked that question because I think even in the spectrum of quitting pornography, if people take more of an oppressive approach and it's just about, you know, just keeping your desires at bay and seeing them as kind of the enemy and something to be fought against and not really, you know, celebrating God-given sexuality, but also, like you said, framing this in a way where actually, no, yeah. there's, there's a benefit here. And I'm, this can actually be like a source of great strength for me. I think without that, people can, they can build resentments or I think they engage in more riskier behaviors or they, they ultimately rebel. And I, and I, I, I think we've, we've definitely seen that here. Um, what do you, what, what is your statement about people, you know, perceiving the Catholic Church as, you know, all, all these priests, they're just sexual predators and whatever else? Um, it, it definitely feels very classic, like the media headline dictates the narrative and people kind of paint with a broad brushstroke. But, um, is there merit to that? Do you feel like things have changed since some of these exposés have taken place? What's the state of affairs currently? So I think that this is just me personally, and I'm not a theologian. I'm not a, you know, any, any form of an expert, but I think things have changed tremendously. Okay. I think there's a lot of uh, protections in place now uh, for youth and for vulnerable people. Uh, what kind of I protections think, would that be, by the way? Well, for example, even for me, uh, you know, I have to do something called Virtus training every year and get certified. Um, some of it, I, I think, has gone too far. When my kids were little, uh, we were friendly with a lot of priests. My kids would see him after mass, want to hug him. And there was a few priests who said, please, don't let your children do that. Okay. That's really sad, right? Yeah. That is really, really sad. Think of yourself as a pastor. If a child wanted to come up and hug you, what yeah. a beautiful thing. And for you to have to say no, because you're afraid somebody's going to comment that it was something inappropriate. So I think we could go too far. But the church has put a lot of programs in place, both in training the priests what is acceptable and what is not, and in putting uh, reporting processes in place for if something is questionable. So it's gotten much better. But okay. but but here's the thing. What you really need to do is change people's hearts at the end yeah. of the day. Right. That's what's got to happen. And that's what church is there for. Whether you're a pastor of a local church or a priest or a rabbi, I don't care. Hmm. Change hearts and we change the world. And that's why we're so focused at Integrity Restored on training spiritual leaders because if I can train a spiritual leader, I can touch a thousand souls, two thousand souls, three thousand souls, much more than I can do by myself. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really good point. And I, and I have to imagine that's some of the impetus behind what you guys are working on to create. I believe you, you guys are developing a certification program for clergy, right? In this area for, so that's that correct. they can. They can serve more, you know, their congregations better and obviously in, in the process 
change the multitudes of lives. Um, tell, tell us a little bit about that and, and what kind of that looks like. Yeah, so we're we're hoping to launch. I'm going to ask all your listeners to please, please pray for us these next 30 days. Uh, we're hoping to launch by the end of the month. Uh, it's an 18-hour online certification program for priests, and it's going to help them in all areas of their ministry. How do you deal with this problem in your day-to-day ministry, serving the flock? Because mm-hmm. if this is not the most confessed sin, it's certainly <laughs> in the top three. Oh, it yeah, is so sure. common. And and they haven't received the training uh, in seminary to deal with this on a practical level. We know that prayer is an important part of recovery, but we know that you can't pray it away either. Yeah. So how do the priests incorporate the science and build relationships with local therapists that they can refer to or 12-step groups? How do we give priests tools to talk about this to parents when they have those uh, in the Catholic church, I call them uh, captive moments, right? When, when the kid's going to be baptized, when a kid's going to make first communion, when a kid's going to be confirmed, you got the parents locked down. How do you help give them tools to protect their children at those moments? So that's what this program is going to do. And also uh, educate the priests on the, on the science behind this. Right. Because God made us uniquely, body, mind, and spirit. And pornography addiction affects all those areas. Right. Certainly affects your spirituality, but oh, it yeah. also affects your body. Think about porn-induced erectile dysfunction. And it certainly affects your mind. That's why it's an addiction. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think it's great uh, that you guys are doing that because I think – the spiritual leaders in our lives are really the gatekeepers. And I think there's a lot of people who are not getting the help that they should be getting, you know, at a local church or, you know, part of a Catholic church because the, the clergy are ill-equipped to do so. Um, and so, so yeah, they're, go ahead. Yep. And, 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 and speaking to you, I'm going to throw out an invitation. Version 2.0 is going to be an evangelical version. Oh, let's go. Uh, and I would love for you to be a part of it with us, brother. I'm making the invitation right now, right here. <laughs> let's do it. You let me know. Let, let's Amen. talk about it. Awesome. I love that. Yeah. I think it's a great idea. And I, I, like I said, I'm really passionate about it. Being a pastor's kid, a former pastor myself, like I just, I see the value in it. Um, I wanted to ask you, do you think, um, do you think it's, do you think it's more prevalent among clergy, um, or priests in particular who are living celibate? Um, like what do you think is required of a priest to not only be equipped to walk people in their, uh, you know, through their own recovery? Cause obviously that's very important. And I think you guys providing that is fantastic. Um, but, I guess I, I think one of the things I've observed evangelically is that pastors don't want to talk about this, not because it's uncomfortable, although that's obviously part of it, but because they struggle themselves and they don't want to be the hypocrite who from the pulpit is saying, don't watch pornography, go do a program. Meanwhile, they're not doing the program that they need just as much as anyone else in the pews. Um, what, so what, amen, brother. Amen. Yeah. Look, this problem does not have any specific demographic. If you breathe, if yeah. you have a pulse, <laughs> you can struggle. So it yeah. doesn't matter if you're a priest or a pastor or a rabbi or an imam. It doesn't matter. 
Yeah. If you're a man or a woman or young or old, this problem affects everybody. So I yeah. think the reality is uh, everybody needs integrity healing yeah. uh, in their own lives around these issues. I tell parents all the time, when you're going to talk to your kids uh, about pornography or human sexuality, the first bit of advice I want to give you is leave your own broken sexual narrative at the door. Your mm. child doesn't have it. But if you've been walking this earth for a while, likely you do. Yeah. Leave that true. at the door. And yeah. so I don't care if you're a priest or a, a, a deacon or a pastor, you could be struggling with this and there should be no shame in that. It's a human yeah. condition. Get the help you need so that you could help the countless souls that the Lord has put in front of you. Yeah, that's a good word. Really good word. You've mentioned the science a couple times. That's one of your pillars. And you mentioned as well the importance of priests knowing the science and understanding a little bit of, you know, just some of the biological underpinnings of addiction and pornography and whatever else. What are some of the concepts that you guys are really emphasizing when, you know, whether it's, it's in your media platforms or with coaching clients or, you know, your certification process? What parts of the science are you guys highlighting? So you have to understand how the brain works. And the way the brain works is it produces these chemicals. And when you're talking about pornography addiction, you know, it's the deepest part of our brain. It is the part of our brain that is fight, flee, freeze. And I add the fourth half, fornicate, because <laughs> that part of the brain is what made the human race prosperous and populate, True. right? Yep. True. So what happens is the front of our brain shuts off when we get those temptations, when we get those desires. And we have to learn what triggers that. And we have to learn how to help somebody jump back into the thinking part of their brain before they go too far down the rabbit hole. Hmm. When we have a, a, a huge dopamine release, which is what pornography does to our brains, it feels really good. It's supposed to. The problem is it's being released in levels that it's not supposed to be released. In. It's too yeah. much. And the brain is shutting down dopamine receptors because the brain is smart. Yeah. And it says, wait a minute, that's too much dopamine. Let me shut down some of these receptors. So what ends up happening, you have to watch more porn, more hours of it or whatever, or increasingly harder forms of pornography. And and you may end up in places that you never imagined. Oh, yeah. yeah. I have a number of clients right now who are married, heterosexual men in their 40s, 50s, and 60s who can only get aroused by gay porn because the brain is always looking at something novel. It wants yeah. something new. Yes. But priests don't know this. They don't right. know any of this data. And this is scientifically proven data. So we have right. to share that with them. Because that is going to help them journey with that parishioner to recovery. Yeah. Yeah. It's so good. That's actually, a, oh, that was a really good summation of just all the, the key science concepts that, that play into people's behavior. Um, I'm curious, you know, when you guys look at what you're doing to helping, uh, you know, the, the, the common man who's struggling, um, you guys are starting to roll out a program here shortly that's helping leaders, clergy, 
where where do things need to go in the next maybe five to 10 years for us to really put a dent in this? Obviously, I think, you know, that another reason I was so excited about your guys' existence is just just to know there's other people out there, you know, and you guys are reaching people that um, I'll probably never be able to reach and, and vice versa. And there's something really beautiful about that. Absolutely. Um, what else do you guys envision though? What, what, do you, what else do you think needs to happen for the trend to continue to go in the right direction for maybe the, the common narrative for the day-to-day person to actually change regarding pornography? Well, one of the first things I would like to see, and this is probably more political than we should get, but I don't care. I'm doing it anyway. Um, it. I don't understand why an 18 year old has to show ID to buy a pack of cigarettes, but you can get on the most vile sexual graphic website without showing any kind of ID. Right. And our children are doing it. And to me, this is an easy fix. This, you know, there's certain states, uh, Tennessee, um, uh, Louisiana now, Utah, who are putting age verification systems in place at the yes. state level, uh, which is going to help protect children. And so I don't understand why we're not doing that across the country. That's number one. And I think that's something that we, whether you're struggling with pornography or not, I don't care. If you are a person of goodwill, we can be reaching out to our politicians and saying, hey, we need to look at this. And here's how politicians work. If they hear from enough people, they're going to say, I better pay attention to this. Right. So that's something we can all be doing in the battles today. Hmm. Yeah. Um, and, and that's protecting children. I don't know why anybody would not want to do that. This is not a free speech issue. A kid can't buy a beer, right? <laughs> you know, he, he, he's got to be 21 to go in and buy a beer, but he can be 12 years old and going on Pornhub. And we yeah. know it's happening. Yeah, right. Yeah. So I think, I think that's number one. I think number two is we as churches, as believers, have to take this out of the dark and start talking about it. And there's ways to do it. Listen, if you're a priest or a pastor listening to this show right now, I'm going to give you a tip. Talk about dangerous or unwanted online behavior. Hmm. Don't use the word porn. Okay, you're uncomfortable. There's kids there. There's old people there. I get whatever. Sure. The person who's struggling knows exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. And that person is going to come up to you after service and say, what do I do? Yep. Can you help me? Because you've given an invitation in the name of Christ. Do it. Don't be afraid. Yeah. Yeah. Good word, man. Yeah. Really good. Um, you guys have an integrity circle coaching program, I believe it's called, yeah. um, obviously the certification for the leaders that we've talked about. If people do want to find out more about, you know, what you guys are doing and what you're up to, Jim, what's the best way for them to do that? Yeah. So if you go to integrityrestored.com, uh, you'll see all our programs. We have a weekly podcast. We have a YouTube channel that we're starting to populate. Um, cool. and if you sign up, you're going to get six free eBooks. Uh, from us. And, and here's the thing with the ebooks, guys. Share them. They're free. I don't care. Send them to whoever needs them. Use them in your own family. Have conversations. Have a, have a, uh, a, a weekly session with your kids and, and do a little study and pray over your children for protection 
from this diabolical attack. Um, the Integrity Circle Coaching Program is is a cool program. It's it's very basic. It's very simple. It's twenty six online sessions, uh, about fifteen minutes of a teaching in one of the three pillars: science, spirituality, and community. Uh, it's fifteen minutes of a Q and A, and then it's a three to five question assessment. And what I tell people to do, if you yourself are struggling, do the program. It's going to help you understand what is going on in your brain and your body, why it's happening, and what you can do about it. If you're a couple who has this struggle in their relationship, do it together. Husbands, you're responsible for bringing home dinner and a bottle of wine. Once a week, you sit down, you watch this for 30 minutes, then you talk about it for 30 minutes. Because that. that communication is going to be so important in the recovery process. But now you have common language yeah. that you could talk about. Yeah, really good, really good. We'll put links in the show notes to all that. Um, but man, it, it's just such such a privilege to run with you guys. Thanks for all the incredible work. Uh, we're, we're all cheering you on over here. And thanks for your time today, Jim. Thank you, brother. This has been great. All right. Well, there you have it. That was Jim O'Day from Integrity Restored. And man, love Jim's heart. Love what they're doing. And uh, and always just like learning what other people are up to. And I really appreciate his um, emphasis on clergy and helping leaders. And so if you are in that contingent, I really want to encourage you to reach out, take a look at what they're up to, because there's not a lot of people that are actually going out of their way, out of their way to assist priests and deacons and clergy in this area. And you may have to vet it a little bit if you're not Catholic yourself and make sure that the beliefs are aligned enough. And, and if they're not, then you know we'll, we'll keep praying for other resources. But I really do think it's worth checking out. The links are in the show notes. And if you did listen to this, you're hearing us talk about recovery and maybe, uh, you know, we're, we're a month into the new year and maybe things aren't quite shaping up quite the way you had hoped. Uh, maybe you're doing things on your own. Maybe you've been piecemealing some things together. Maybe you signed up for a therapist or a program and didn't just get the traction you want and you're looking for something different. I'd love for you to check out what we're up to here at Deep Clean. Um, there's a link in the show notes if you want to book a call with someone on my team and and basically explore what we do here. Uh, but our whole premise is helping guys get to the roots of the issue. Uh, we're not the quick and easy fix. We, uh, we're not long and you know difficult about it either. It's somewhere in the middle where you know there's work to be done and as you put in the work and you see the actual results of your work it starts to spiral and you start to gain momentum we've helped hundreds of guys quit pornography get their lives back on track get their wives back get their careers back step further into their callings regain their confidence i mean you name it whatever you're after it all comes after you quit pornography and we'd love to help you do that so there is a link in the show notes if you want to book a time find out more about what we're up to We would love to speak with you. In the meantime, God bless you guys. Have an amazing day. We'll talk soon. Bye-bye. Hey, everybody. It's Sathya again. Thanks for listening to Unleash the Man Within. I wanted to take a quick moment to let you know about a free ebook that I wrote for you called The Ultimate Guide to Porn Recovery. It provides a basic framework for the recovery process and a few of my top tips completely free of charge. You can get it now at www.ultimaterecoveryguide.com. That's www.ultimaterecoveryguide.com. Now, if you've been impacted by the podcast and you want to show some support in less than 60 seconds, there are three ways you can do that. First, you can leave a rating or review on your podcast platform. This lets people like you know that the content here is valuable. 
Secondly, you can share this episode with someone in your life that might benefit from the content. If you're passionate about helping other people experience freedom and success in their lives, this is one of the easiest ways to do that. And lastly, you can subscribe. I personally only listen to the podcast that I subscribe to. If you're seeking daily encouragement, guidance, and insight in your recovery journey, I highly recommend subscribing to Unleash the Man Within. Thanks for listening. I look forward to connecting with you very, very soon. The information, opinions, and recommendations presented in this podcast by Sathya Sam and his guests are for general information only and should not be considered medical, clinical, or any other form of professional advice. Any reliance on the information provided is done at your own risk.